The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. It's similar to the twice, but look, I think the big thing anytime you play a team a second or third time or whatever it is, it's it's a new game. We're starting start from scratch, and don't don't think or assume that the game's going to go like another one did. Um, be ready to you know play it out and play it as you see it, and make the necessary adjustments and decisions that come up in this game and. Whatever happened in some other game, no happened. I mean, maybe we learned something from that, but you know we have to we have to play this game as it as it plays out, and it'll be it'll be different than any other game. So as long as we're ready to do that, I think we'll be okay. Miles Simmons, who was with me on PFTPM yesterday, had not seen the movie that spawned the word Danger Zone. I know if I ask Chris the question, the answer is going to be positive, Ghost Rider. He has indeed seen Top Gun. Of course I have. I mean, yes, I love it. Danger Zone. That's amazing that he has that. That really is. But yeah, that's a, that's like, you know, I mean, uh, what, what, what's he say to Iceman? Like, you know, danger and he bites his teeth. Uh, that's a classic. You got to know that one. Come on, Miles. I'm not quite sure that's the way it went, but I'll take your word for it since you're the one that quotes the movie far more often than I do. <laughs> I don't know if that they made that. a sequel that's been like yeah in the can for months. I think they're waiting until the pandemic ends and people fully embrace the go to the movies experience again because they just assume that you know they'll they'll make a hell of a lot more money that way. But the movie's like been done for two years, I think. So uh, there'll be a Top Gun 2 at some point. Hopefully I'll live long enough to see it. Hopefully I'll live long enough to see the Patriots and the Bills this weekend because it's just a few days away. Round three, how much does what we saw on the cold and windy night in Buffalo when they first got together and then just a few weeks later when they got together in New England? I mean, this is weird because you're getting round three not long after round one. Forget yeah. about round two. Right. 
Round one was right. just about a month ago. Right. So here's round three. Boom, just like that. How much did the first two games in your mind affect what happens when they get together this weekend? Oh, I think like motion, emotionally, like psychologically, it's going to be real. And the fact that like, again, like you said, it, everything's so, you know, it's still raw. It's personal. It is. Both of these teams are chippy too. I think there's a real rivalry brewing here a little bit. There's no doubt. Hey, the first game is like, you know, again, so I think that's where the both games kind of matter in the in the rematch here, the third rematch. But I do look at it as the second game, I think, holds more water as far as what we could see on the field, you know, Saturday night as compared to the first game, which was very weird, of course, with the cold and the crazy wind and everything there. You know, neither team, I think, played the style of football they necessarily want to play. The second game, I think you saw a little more true version of, what we'll see Saturday night. I know it's going to be really cold. I know that. But so what? It's New England and Buffalo. They're not going to care about that. They're going to be able to still run everything they want. If it gets windy, then things might change. But uh, I, I think the second matchup, Mike, holds a little more water than as far as what we're going to see or what to expect on Saturday night as compared to the first one. My big recollection of the first matchup was they waited too damn long to unleash yes. Josh Allen, to right. trust him right. to throw the ball through the wind. They played the game with the Patriots. They got lulled into yes. the way the Patriots were doing it. And then by the time they woke up, it was too late. I yes. think if the Bills had entrusted the offense to Josh Allen from get-go, yep. as some would say, they would have won that game. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. You know, I don't know if they would have won the game, but I do think it took them too far to realize or too long to realize that way. Like, wait, our guys throwing the ball through the wind fine. Like, oh, okay, we can do this. It, it didn't feel like it was till late in the second quarter, third quarter to finally where they kind of came, came to that realization. Now you get to the second game, and it was all that. It was unleash the Kraken. That's what it was. It was all just, let's put the ball into Big Blue's hands and let him make magic. And the Patriots ran every defense in the history of football to try to stop him, and they couldn't stop him. This is one of the great performances of the NFL season this year. Nobody's, we don't ever see people do this to the New England Patriots. Run around, making plays, making throws. That was the issue the first time around. The Patriots could not contain or stop Josh Allen. And I, again, that's what they're gonna they're gonna have to have a different formula here as far as their approach too, because he's just too gifted, you know. And there, I think there's some things they're gonna have to change on the defensive side as far as keeping him in the pocket, you know. Few things they did in coverage that didn't make sense to me the first time around. Uh, it's it's gonna be a challenge because Buffalo's going down with their right their 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 best punch. Yeah, they're gonna run the ball a little bit with Singletary. But in a game like this, history has shown us so far that they usually go, we're giving the ball to Josh, and he's going to make plays, and he's going to carry through, carry us through this. And he's going to run it. Right. You better be ready for right. Josh Allen to run it because we know when they get desperate, when they feel the heat, that's when they, they throw caution to the winner. They don't worry about him possibly getting injured no running the football. No doubt. The concern I have about the Patriots that came from the loss to the Bills and the weekend before that, the loss to the Colts, is that even though Bill Belichick will design the game plan aimed at taking away what the opposing offense does best, he may not have the players to execute in a way that actually takes away what the opposing offense does best. Yeah. Whether it's Jonathan Taylor running roughshod over them or Josh Allen being Josh Allen, I feel like they can't implement that that perfect game plan aimed at at shutting down the best part 
of the opposing team's offensive unit. I don't know if they're there yet either. I don't. You know, you're right. They're, they're, that, that, was a, that was something that jumped out to me after watching the second game back. You know, again, I, I do think there's some things that they did that, that makes sense and I would expect to see more of in this game. You know, and, and, and that it kind of goes into what we talked about with the Steelers. You know, you look at the, the Patriots and what they did the first game. They had a lot of success when they did the old, you know, again, two guys blitz, two guys drop. We've kind of exposed your pass protection. Your back stayed in the block, but we still got seven guys back there to, to stop the pass. You know, the one thing I know is when the Patriots played these deep zones and they tried to take away the, the big play downfield, Allen's gotten to a point in his career. It, it, you, you can't do that to him. You can't just think, oh, we're going to take away the big play and he'll be impatient and do that. Allen will take the check downs and just go, okay, here's five, here's eight, here's five. Oh, let me scramble for six or seven. Here, he'll do that. And he, he was a slow death that way. To me, the Patriots are going to have to challenge the, the Bills this time around. It's going to have to be a little bit more creativity with what they do up front, a little bit better plan of keeping him in the pocket. And I think they're another team. It's going to have to be a little bit more man-to-man. -man. They're going to have to live with J.C. Jackson you know, on an island with Stephon Diggs, you know, just to give them some extra pieces to, again, I think contain Josh Allen. The biggest part of the game I took away just goes back to, man, and every big got-to-have-it moment, all right, and they won by 12 points, but every big moment, Allen got out of the pocket and made a play, and whether it was third down and a bunch of third down conversions, any big moment, and there was no answer from that with the Patriots, and that's, you know, to your point, they're going to have to figure that out and what they want to do there. It's also round three for Mac Jones, rookie quarterback. In the first meeting, if you haven't heard, he only threw three passes. They went run heavy on that windy night. Second time around, 14 for 32, 145 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. If they need to rely on Mac Jones to throw the ball, let's say late drive, down four, not much time left, you know, not quite what we saw from Justin Herbert on Sunday night, but something along those lines where – they don't have time to run the ball. They don't have time to run their normal offense. They just have to start flinging it. Can they count on Mac Jones to do that? I think that's questionable. I do. The, the, the first matchup, I mean, the second matchup here where, of course, yeah, the Patriots did throw the ball. The 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 Bills were all over it in a lot of ways. He had a few drops that hurt him. But their pass rush won the battle in the second matchup. They pressured him. Here, you know, there's a missed throw by him. He was not on his A game the first time around. There's no doubt. But... Like, to your question of do I think that if it became like, hey, the run game's not really dominating or working the right way, and now we need Mac Jones to have a game where he throws for 280, 300 yards to win the game, I don't think they can win the game. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't see it. And I think the Bills' pass rush, like I said, is good enough. I don't think the Patriots are explosive enough at wide receiver. The Bills showed the ability to cover these receivers in man-to-man -man and not be, like, threatened by it to where I go, no, I think it's got to be, you know, not that it has to be the first time around, but the game has to be, of course, won through the run game and then just a smattering of Mac Jones' plays in the past game. When it goes the other direction, I think it's very dicey. Uh, against a team like Buffalo, he's a rookie quarterback on the road. I think that'll be tough sledding. I've been trying to do the math in my head here. They first played week 13. This is round three. I think that it's three meetings in 40 days Ooh. for these two teams. That has to be a record. 
that there, I, I can't recall a time, just to meet so late in the season for the first time and then to get together in the first round of the postseason. Three games in 40 days between the same two teams. That, that has to be unprecedented. Uh, Cardinals-Rams getting together for the third time because they're in the same division, each one in the other's building. And that win by the Cardinals over the Rams, 37-20 to back in Week 4, was significant because the Rams had been destroying and embarrassing and obliterating at every turn the Cardinals until the Cardinals got the win. And the rematch was close on that Monday night, but for Aaron Donald, who completely destroyed the game. Uh, but even then, it was still a close game. So the Cardinals have figured out how to how to go toe-to-toe with the Rams. Um, how much do you think what we saw, and let's focus on the more recent game, where we saw Aaron Donald tear things up. How much of that do you think repeats itself? Well, th- that's a definite issue there. I mean, the the, the Cardinals' old line is is solid, but not special. They're going to have to like figure out ways to where they can get two bodies on Aaron Donald. You know, according to where he's lined up, he was. This was the time of the year where you know we said this after the game. This was a Monday night game. The next the next day, you know, that was where. It was Michael Parsons and T.J. Watt and all we were talking about. It was like the game where Aaron Donald was like, hey, did you guys forget about me? Uh, because I'm going to kick you know, ass tonight and be involved in every play and mess it up. He was phenomenal in that football game. This is the game I have the hardest time kind of saying, like, where to go, what happens here. I don't. I think it's a pretty even matchup. You know, I think the Cardinals, of course, they have the speed and the weapons to keep up with the Rams. So the Rams' speed and big playmaking ability gets a little negated against a team like this who can match them with that. You know, I do. You, know, you look at the game, too, both matchups, whether it's either one. You know, I hate to say stuff like this. I do. You don't, I don't like saying it. But really, hey, the last matchup, I mean, you, we watch, the Cardinals contr- were controlling the game. It looks like they're about to go in for a 10-0 lead. And they throw an interception in the end zone. That was the turning point of the game. And then, of course, Kyler Murray had the interception at the start of the second half where he tried to loft that ball over Leonard Floyd's head. And the Rams got the ball on like the 15-yard line going into score and scored. That was a big part. The first matchup, there was an interception by Stafford and a Sony Michelle fumble backed up that hurt their football team and put, put them in a tough spot. So that's where I go back and forth here with this one a little bit. Because I do think it's very evenly matched. And uh, I, I, I really look at it again as, you know, Matthew Stafford, can he play a clean football game? That's been an issue. There's no doubt about it. But I think the Cardinals are going to be able to move the ball in the, the Rams defense too. I could see this kind of being a high-scoring shootout, Mike, in a lot of ways. Week 14, when yeah. the Rams beat the Cardinals, Stafford had three touchdown passes, no picks. Since then, four games, eight touchdown passes, eight interceptions and it makes me wonder how much Sean McVay trusts him at this point how much he really trusts I mean we heard McVay say all the right things about Jared Goff when he was privately counting the days like a prisoner about to get sprung from solitary that he was going to be able to get rid of Jared Goff so he's not going to come out and crap on Matthew Stafford but you have to wonder what's going on in Sean McVay's brain did he test drive Cam Akers just enough last weekend to say, okay, you know, we don't need him this game. We're not gonna, we're not gonna throw him into the fray this game, but we're gonna lean on him and Sony Michelle heavily in this 
playoff game because I can't trust Matthew Stafford to go out there and seize the brass ring. I, I think he's got to be a little careful. I do, yes. He, he's got to be careful to know some of the situations. I mean, a lot of these ones we're seeing here so far are third downs where he feels the you know, the need to press the issue. And, of course, it, it, it you know, it falls apart on him there. But, yeah, I mean, again, like Stafford's played better here lately. But there's still been one or two plays where you just go, two or three plays where you just go, what? What the hell? How, how do you do that? And how do you do that? And that that's certainly a part of this. You know, I, again, what they've done this year, what they've been on offense, Stafford's been great. There's no doubt about it. You know, they, we, we, they have raised the bar of expectations of what they do on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, he threw for 41 touchdown passes this year. It was not a bad year. But, yes, is he in the trust tree here in playoff time? I, how could he be? McVay's got to be a little careful with Stafford and some of these situations. You know, he's he's going to have to protect himself from himself a little bit, I think, in this one too. Because, again, when the Rams, too, this, this Cardinals pass rush, they can get after you a little bit. The Rams don't have a great offensive line. you know, And that's where the game will be interesting to me. It really will. The first time around, Mike, the Cardinals on offense, it was a lot of long drives, third down conversions, screens, run the ball, real short passes. They picked the Rams' defense apart. The second time around, there was no Jalen Ramsey, but the Rams played a little bit more of an aggressive style of defense, and the Cardinals made a lot of big plays. Now, they messed it up with some turnovers, but as you said, that second game was close. It was exciting, even despite the two turnovers from the Cardinals. This is the one game I have the hardest, I think, getting a feel for as far as who I want to pick or where I think the advantages are uh, as far as all the wild card games this weekend. I asked you earlier about Mac Jones balling his hands late in the game, having to drive down for a potential game-winning score. Which of the two offenses are you more comfortable with having the ball two minutes, tick, 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 you need a touchdown to win it? Uh, is it Kyler Murray and his guys, or is it Matthew Stafford and the Rams? <sighs> It's a tough one. You know, the one thing about you could say about Stafford is, you know, even with all the issues and even some of the interceptions we talk about, in the got to have it moments this year, he's gone down, hey, like last week, the end of regulation at 17 all. He drives them down and makes some great throws and makes an unbelievable touchdown throw to Cooper Cup. The Ravens game, even though he struggled in that, they needed a big drive to win the game. He drove them down and he did that. Now, even the Vikings, there was that to a degree with that day when he had the turnovers in there. Big moment, he drove them down. I guess, though, in that gotta-have-it moment, I'm going to trust the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. I am. I am. I, I trust Kyler Murray to take care of the football more than I do Matthew Stafford. I guess that's, what's, you know, uh, uh, that's what I'm going to boil it down to, and I guess I would take Kyler Murray just a, a smidgen over you know, Matt Stafford and the Rams offense. I know Cliff Kingsbury said he expects Kyler Murray to have the best game of his career. I mean, the problem is, and it continues to be, and, you know, this is another example of how the out-of-sight, out-of-mind dynamic works in the NFL because we just focus on the guys that we know are going to play. It's a different offense without DeAndre Hopkins. Definitely. No, no, no doubt Very about it. Very different offense. Yeah. It's, well, and, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, he, let's. Oh, I'm just trying to see. He's still on injured reserve uh, with the knee problem and uh, no, you know, uh, Look at it. Look at it. Uh, well, that's week four to week 14, but they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins in week 14. And a tougher night for Kyler Murray to not have DeAndre Hopkins available. Um, 
That's that that makes it much more problematic for Kyler Murray. And this is his chance. This is what he's been working toward. This is a guy who wasn't used to losing football games, who I think still has a hard time losing football games. Third year of his career, playoffs, windows open on a contract extension. A lot is going to be determined by what he's able to do in this game, where he lands on that spectrum of quarterback compensation. Because my guess is they're going to try to get him paid after this season. What he does this week, next week if there's a next week, the next week if there's a next week, that's going to either make or not make him a hell of a lot of money, Chris. Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, it, it, it'll you know give the, the final finish. I mean, again, he's the franchise. He's your guy going forward. I, I think he's answered enough there to know that. You know, he played MVP-level football for a good part of this year before he got hurt. Uh, he seems to have everything you want as far as the franchise quarterback. But, yeah, this is – you get a playoff win, you get two playoff wins. You know, that, that makes you feel warm and cozy to go, man, give this money, give him as much as he wants, whatever. He's worth it to us, to our football team. But I think he's proven the fact that he is the franchise guy going forward. You know, and you, you bring up the Hopkins thing. Hey, one of the issues with the Cardinals here down the stretch is they've not, they're not necessarily a big play offense. They're not. You know, even again, last week, scored a lot of points against the Seahawks. You know, ran 70-something plays. But, like, average yard per play was like four yards. It, it's, it's, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not the big play Cardinals, certainly. And I do think Hopkins is a little bit of a reason for that. Because when they spread the field and, you know, they are a complete health with Rondell Moore healthy, who he hasn't been out there lately either, you know, they pose problems for you because now you go, wait, we got, we got these receivers out here. We can't play man-to-man against all of them across the board. All right, so we want to play, want to help a guy here and there. But wait, we got to worry about Kyler Murray and his ability to run or keep the ball after the read option or his scrambling ability. And that's where they put you in a bind. And with a little lack of that firepower there, teams have a little bit more of a, a leeway to, you know, hedge in different areas as compared to before. We crank up the playoff pressure cooker when pressure. this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. 
T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Back then, you know, everybody used to laugh at, you know, us on a schedule, you know, be like, oh, we finna play the Bengals. It's that week. And now everybody now, it ain't no, it ain't no laughing, ain't no playing and joking no more. They know what's going on. They know how we coming. So um, now, you know, we just got to go ahead and look, you know, forward to taking care of business. Joe Mixon, Bengals running back. Off they go. Pressure cooker time. Every time I see the phrase pressure cooker, I have flashbacks to when I worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken and literally well, I didn't cooked know that. chicken right. in a pressure cooker. Whoa. In a pressure cooker. There was the big-ass one that took five trays of original recipe chicken and lowered the thing down into this big machine that, God, talk, talk about the health hazards. I was 16 years old. And then there was the one-shot pressure cooker, and you had to crank the lid down. There's 360-degree grease everywhere. I, I, It's just amazing. It's amazing I survived it, frankly, with as clumsy as I am. Anyway, it's pressure cooker time. How much pressure do these Bengals feel to end a playoff drought that goes back to January of 1991 when they beat the Oilers and the following week, in the same game that they wrecked Bo Jackson's hip, they right. lost to the Raiders, the team that comes to town on Saturday. Yeah, right. I can still remember watching that uh, that game in the L.A. Coliseum. I mean, they feel pressure because they want to win the playoff game. They know their fans are hungry for a winner. Do they feel pressure as compared to like, oh, wait, most of us weren't born the last time we won the playoff game? Do they know the history of that? No. They probably don't. I don't think that adds any influence to it other than that they just want to be good and want to win a playoff game, and they understand how important it is to their fan base. But I don't think it's going to creep into the players' heads or minds in the fact of like, hey, oh, man, we feel more pressure because, you know, we haven't – the organization hasn't won one in 30 years, a playoff game in 30 years. That's not going to – that doesn't go into the, the, the players' mindset for these football games. These guys weren't born. Exactly. That's the thing. You know, with with the Marvin Lewis Bengals, when they were there every year and they lost every year, I think it was harder for it not to become a thing because every year they were back and every year that pressure grew. It's been six years since they've been to the playoffs. And, and none of the key players on the team were alive. Zach Taylor was a little kid at the time. It's it doesn't matter to them, and Joe Burrow is not going to let it matter to them. So I think they feel no pressure. This is a new beginning for the franchise. The only thing they have in common is the city in which they play and the uniforms that they wear. Does Rich Basaccia need to get a win against the Bengals to earn the full time permanent as permanent as it gets Raiders head coaching job? I, unfortunately, I feel like I'm going to say yes to this. I, I I think he does need the win. I do. I I I think the win. Puts a lot of pressure, you know, on Mark Davis and the organization and the fact that, wait, like, this guy has everything we want. He took us through a really tough time. The team continued to battle. They played well. Our roster's good, but nobody looks at it and goes, oh, wow, the Raiders, unbelievable. And here we are in the playoffs. And he's coached well through it and managed situations the right way to where, you know, again, I wish we weren't having this conversation. I feel like he's already proved he should be the head coach or could be the head coach of the Raiders. But I do feel like the win will solidify it. If they don't win, then I feel like, yeah, there could be just justification as, 
you know, why we don't hire them or we're going to look for some other people and interview them. I think it makes it harder to do that if they win the football game. Golick made the great comment on Monday. Sometimes the right answer is just staring you in the face. And hopefully Mark Davis will realize that what Bisaccia has done merits the opportunity to do it for a year or two. Let's reset. Let's see what happens. It's just one year of your life. Maybe this guy's the answer, but if you go out and spend a crap load of money to get a Jim Harbaugh or do whatever else Mark Davis is thinking about doing, you're never going to find out what Rich Passaccia could have done. And you're going you're gonna to piss off some guys in that locker room who have become, I think, very attached of to and fond of right. Rich Passaccia. You can't, you can't lose sight of that, that fact. That especially, And I think distance from what happened Sunday night is only going to make it more obvious that it was such a special night, such a rare occasion. The fact that Passaccia was the captain of the ship at least merits one more spin. At least one more spin. Maybe two yeah. for Rich Passaccia. I, I hear that, Mike. About- that, that's a real thing. I'm sorry. Just That's a real thing, though. I mean, there he's he's unbelievable that way. And and I can really say, out of all the coaches I was with in the NFL, college, whatever, I always say Mike Tomlin was probably the greatest communicator I was around. Rich Basaccio would be right there as number two. He's got a great way of talking to the players, making you feel like he really cares about you, but yet can put the hot poker on your butt and say some things to you that will motivate you to where you don't take it personal and you go, you know what? He's right. I got to get better. He's he's good that way. He's got the Midas touch when it comes to that type of stuff, and that's where, yeah, I think he's worthy of being a head coach. Sorry, sorry to cut you off there. Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy's second year. Could he be on the hot seat, especially with Kellen Moore waiting in the wings, if the Cowboys lose to the 49ers this weekend? I would hope to think not. I mean, I, I hope there's no pressure as far as that's concerned. Again, you know, last year. Yeah, there was issues in year one. It was a weird year. It was the COVID year. They obviously made the wrong mistake as far as who they hire as the defensive coordinator. So that really killed them. And Dak Prescott, of course, got hurt. So that that was, you know, there was issues. I, you can't put it all on Mike McCarthy. He did some dumb clock management stuff. We know that. But I have a hard time thinking that he'd be on the hot seat if they lost this weekend. I, I, I would. I mean, still, this year went past expectations. I think for a lot of people, they didn't know what to expect from this Cowboys team going into the year, and they hit the ground running and almost upset the Buccaneers in Week One, and have been pretty good, pretty damn good throughout it. You know, so I, I, I would be shocked to see him be one and done. I think what happens is they make the deal with Kellen Moore that he takes over for Mike McCarthy, just like they did with Jason Garrett. And it's a matter of time. And that may happen win or lose. Super Bowl or no Super Bowl, they may want to get their ducks in a row to make Kellen Moore their next Jason Garrett. But it accelerates if they blow this one. I don't think McCarthy will be out either, but I think he'll enter next year on a much hotter seat after they had a great regular season and failed to win a playoff game at home. Last one real quickly. Jimmy Garoppolo admitted yesterday that the uncertainty over his future is something he's been thinking about all year. I mean, of course, he's human. Why wouldn't he? How will what the 49ers do in this postseason affect his future with the 49ers? I, it's got to affect it. Uh, I, 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 really feel like, I, I really feel like anything short of a Super Bowl win, he's going to get tossed to the side for Trey Lance. So that, that's my thought. I don't know. They could go on a run. And I will not be shocked if the 49ers are in the Super Bowl. Like, will not be shocked to see that happen. They can do that. But I, I feel like, yes, he's got to, there's got to be some sort of magical run. And really, I think probably got to win the Super Bowl for him to be back as the quarter, quarterback of the 49ers next year. 
I mean, they, they, it's three first-round picks for Trey Lance. There's just there's no way they're gonna put him on the bench again next year. You know, it, it's gonna have to be something miraculous from Garoppolo down the stretch here. I think to save his job as the quarterback of the 49ers. And it can't be get to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo playing the role of Bob. No Reese. doubt, exactly. Got to right. be right. He's Jimmy Garoppolo making a throw. Right. He's got to make a throw. Right. He's got to do something. He's got to do something like he did with the drive that that you know tied the game exactly against the Rams. He's got to do something more than right. just hand it off, hand it off, hand it off, and get out of the way. All right, let's get out of the way for a couple of minutes when we return. Patrick Mahomes may not have the strongest arm in his family. And we're not talking about Jackson Mahomes either. You'll find out next here on PFT Live. I always tell her to do little things that she's not supposed to do. And, and Brittany's getting mad at me. So uh, I'm definitely the one that ags it on a little bit. So I have to get a little bit better at that. <laughs> what are you telling her to do? So I've, I've, I've taught her how to throw things. So I'll try to get her to, to get like a little ball and throw it at Brittany when she's not looking. Um, so that's definitely something that's going to get her in trouble in the long run and get me in trouble as well. Uh, hey, that arm, I, boy, girl, it doesn't matter. Every Mahomes child is going to have that rocket arm, I believe. And uh, I think we're going to – hopefully I live long enough to see – how these Mahomes kids just kind of take over any and all sports they get involved in, Chris. Well, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that they're going to be able to do something along those, you know, along those lines. Uh, I, I don't, you know, his daughter is certainly like have a mean forehand in tennis or something like that. Are going to be able, like a hell of a softball pitcher that'll be able to bring the heat. That's for sure. There's no doubt. It's it's definitely a natural gift within the family. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. We are going to draft. The playoff teams, all, and this is going to be one of our extra long drafts. Whoa. Seven rounds. Whoa. All 14 teams. We're going to rank the teams we believe in to win the Super Bowl from the 14 that Whoa. are still alive. We'll do that next on PFT Live. For you specifically this time around, what are you getting out of this bye week? Rest rest. I mean, uh, I'm about to go home. It's what, 12, 22? It's pretty freaking sweet. <laughs> Early day for Aaron Rodgers. Also, his toe, he believes, will be 100% the benefit of having yeah. the bye week uh, and not having to play, and that's something he'd been talking about for a long, long time. All right, let's get right to it. Sorry to the folks out there who like the trivia questions. The Super Bowl Confidence Rankings 2021 Edition. Chris, you're up first. Of all the 14 playoff teams, if you want to go a non-playoff team, feel free. But there are the odds. Chris, you're up. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I look at it. Uh, the team I'm going to go with number one. I, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I am. I'm, I'm picking. I'm taking them one. I, again, it looks like they're getting healthy. I know there's no Antonio Brown. There's not going to be no Chris Godwin. I get that. They're still, to my, in my opinion. You know, good tight ends, of course, with Gronk and Mike Evans. You know, they're getting healthy, it seems like, and on the defensive side of the ball. You know, Leonard Fournette's going to come back. I, I just look at the, the Bucks and go, if they're anywhere near full strength, I think they're clearly the best team in football. I'm going to go with them. That's a tough one. Sure it's a weird year. Again. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I, you could make the case. 
I don't know that you can make a case for any of the teams, but it feels as wide open as it's ever been. Right. The evaporation of the home field advantage makes it harder and harder to pick these games because it's not as obvious as it used to be that the home team has this clear edge because they're playing at home because road teams have learned how to win away from their home stadium. I'm going to go with the Packers if you're going to leave the Packers up there. I mean, just the law of averages. It's been 11 years since they've been to the Super Bowl. They've got the one seed. They had the one seed last year. They won the divisional round game. They lost the championship game. All they have to do is win two games at Lambeau Field. Now, I'm concerned if the 49ers or the Buccaneers come to town. Right. If it's the Rams or the Cardinals, I'm not as concerned. Or, you know, the Cowboys, I don't quite know how to feel. The Eagles, I wouldn't be all that concerned. But if it's the 49ers or the Bucks, I may feel differently. But at least for now, I got to say, going into this playoff run, give me the Packers. That's where it's weird in a different year. To your point, there is no stand. It's most years we have one or two teams that we know are above the rest, and the rest of the league is going into the playoffs. Going, wait, we got to get better in these areas to beat those teams. There's no team that anybody's looking at in either conference this year to go, wait, they're clearly better than us, and if we don't get better in these areas, we can't do it. It is truly a matchup year. I think you said it right. Rams or Cardinals going to Green Bay? I feel great about Green Bay. Oh, big physical Niners Bucks teams coming to town? It changes my thought. You know, it's really that type of year. It's very weird. Hey, I, I still talk about last weekend, the Chiefs at the number two seed. If the Chargers won that game and they had to play the Chargers, oh geez, that's a coin flip game. You know, if it ended up being the Raiders, I would have gone, they're probably gonna blow them out for a third time. That's where it's it's definitely different and to your point. Um I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chiefs next. You know, again I it's it's not a warm and cozy feeling like it was the last three years when you when I would have picked the Chiefs probably to start the draft. You know, I again it hasn't been dominant throughout the year, but they've been there, they've done that. They still got a ton of playmakers that can make plays in big moments and change the game. You know, and there's a belief there, and of course they have a quarterback that's still special. So I, I'm I, and, a, and a coach that's special. And this is not too big of a situation. I'm I'm going to take the Chiefs next in my in my list here. I can't believe you left both number one seeds. I know. For me. I How know. can I not take the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, they're getting Derrick Henry back, and not just healthy, but fresh. Everybody else has been playing. You know, he missed more than half of the season. More than half of the season played in eight games, missed nine games. He's going to be back. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be throwing guys around. What a difference that makes for a Tennessee Titans team that learned how to win without him. Now he's back. I, 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 I'm, you know, in hindsight, I maybe should have made him my first pick. I'm, I'm glad they're still there at the bottom around. I got more faith in the Titans than the Packers. I do. Listen. I do think the Titans are being disrespected. I, I do. I, I don't want that to be. I certainly think they're very worthy of getting to the Super Bowl. I do. You know, it's not pretty. I guess, yeah, there's there's a few things that I, I question a little bit. You know, again, I, I again, they haven't been in these situations. Uh, I, I guess I just, there, there's something about them. I You know what really I think sticks into me a little bit is last week's game a little. You know, in that moment, what Davis Mills moving the ball on them a little bit it scared the hell out of me to a degree. You know that that scared me that that game got close. I think that's why I probably chickened out and didn't pick them with my first two picks. Okay, you ready for this one? Getting harder now. It getting is getting a little more difficult. Well, now you're getting into teams with with definite. You know, there's 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 little flaws here. I think after this, 
I'm I'm gonna go to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh oh. Yeah. I'm going to it. I am. I just, you know, again, a team that's battle tested. I look at the 49ers and go, there's no team that they can play that they can't physically match up with on the offensive defensive line. I mean, we saw again, they steamrolled the Rams last week on both sides of the ball. We saw them, you know, dominate the Titans in a lot of ways on a Thursday night game where you went, they kicked the crap out of the Titans and lost the game. I look at the 49ers as being a team that's Super Bowl caliber. It's a top 10 defense. The offense with Shanahan and the weapons they have, they're all healthy. It's scary. I'm taking the 49ers as my third pick. Yeah, look, uh, to get there, yes. To win it, no. To win it, no. I don't think they can win it with Jimmy G at quarterback. Yeah. I think they can get there. Right. He's good enough to get them there. He's not good enough to win it. We've already seen that movie two years ago. Here's another movie we've seen over and over and over and over again over the course of the last two decades. New England Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going there. I don't care what their seat is. I don't care that they didn't win their division. Yeah. What do they know how to do? I mean, look at all the games that Bill Belichick has coached in a single elimination setting. The pressure is nothing to him. He he thrives on this. He relishes it. He loves it. He lives for it. I, I think it starts as I don't want to tip my hand, but obviously the fact that I picked the Patriots instead of the Bills with both still on the board. Gives you an idea who I may be picking when the Patriots and the Bills get together this weekend, but I do believe in the Patriots. Yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, again, we know they know how to you know manage playoff football. They're a team that's built for playoff football, run game, defense. You know, they, they, they can do that. Yeah, it's just to me the question with them is just the newness of the team. You know, again, they've exceeded expectations. I guess what I question a little is how hungry are they really too? Uh, that, that, that would be something I look at. But I'm going to go with the Bills the next one. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's, it's tough between these two teams here. But the Bills will be the next team. Again, I think they're coached great on the defensive side of the ball. We know they got some issues when teams are big and physical and run the ball. But, man, they're coached awesome. You know, they got a lot of good players still on that side of the ball, even though they might not be dominant in the trenches. And then offensively, they got the greatest one-man show in sport who's dangerous, and sometimes even the best game plans can't contain the guy. So I'll go with the Bills as my next one. I'll go with the team that is too young to know that they really shouldn't be a serious contender. It reminds me of the 49ers in 1981, the year – is that the year you were born? I was born in 80. The, you were a year old. Yeah, 80. Oh, God. Yep. yep. Still. Uh, but but I'll, I'll, go with, I'll go with the Bengals because they just have that vibe to me where, hey, you're not supposed to be here yet. So what? We're here. Deal with it. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the attitude I think they carry into it, so I'll go with them next. Yeah, I, I, I get that too. I do. Uh, they're scary. You know, again, they, we saw uh, they could do to the Chiefs the way they move the ball, those weapons. Their defense has got some playmakers. Definitely. Um, so, I, again, in a year like this, I, I would not be shocked, too, especially if the matchups fall the right way. Dallas Cowboys go my next one. Uh, again, Dallas, hey, the offense is overrated. You know, the, uh, the run game is nothing special. The offensive line's overrated. But they still got players there, and they do got Dak Prescott and some receivers. And, damn, that defensive line's got some, some absolute ballers and killers. Uh, to where you know, I look at that D line, and you know they could ruin the game this week for the 49ers. They certainly could. They have that type of capability. Um, Dallas de definitely has some qualities of being a Super Bowl team. Since the Chiefs have already been selected, I'm not tipping any hands here. I'm not foreshadowing what I may or may not be doing later today. But my next pick, given the remaining teams, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whoa! Because of the Ben Roethlisberger 
retirement vibe, the we're not supposed to be here vibe, and I have vivid recollections of what they did in 2005 where they just started pulling cards one after another, and before you knew it, they were in the Super Bowl. And yes, yes, to our friends in Seattle, the Seahawks got screwed in that game, but it doesn't matter. There's no asterisk on the Vince Lombardi trophy that the Steelers have in the lobby of their facility. Let's take a break. The final two rounds of the Super Bowl confidence draft when this Thursday edition of PFT Live concludes right after this. All right, four teams left in the Super Bowl confidence draft. Chris, you're up. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams next. I am. Again, I am amazed. I'm amazed they're this they're just still available. Well, I, I think when you look at it, and we have some, there we got some trust tree issues with the Rams. Yeah, you know, I do. And I, and again, you know, when you're not sure about the quarterback, and then the O line is, you know, nothing special. That that bothers me when you talk about playoff football or Super Bowl caliber football teams. But there still is a lot of pieces there that have been there as far as the Super Bowl team a few years ago. There's still a lot of talent on that team and there's a reason they won the NFC West which is arguably one of the toughest divisions in football if not the toughest go Rams I'm going Raiders here whoa even with the Cardinals I know the Cardinals were 10 and 2 but the Raiders enter with you know that kind of a magical vibe they got something going on right. I could see them get hot yep. and, and develop confidence and just win and win and win so uh, yeah it's very low on the list but I'll go Raiders yep I gotta go Cardinals next then I'm gonna go Cardinals over that uh, again there's some superstars on the Cardinals Kyler Murray gets hot Chandler Jones, Buddha Baker make a few plays. Holy crap, they could be sitting there. I'll go that. You know, you're such a Steelers fan, though. Just by the way, I didn't so get to you say know that. In the the, last no, segment. I'm not. No, you I'm are not. Too. No, I'm not. You, you, no, Holy I'm not. crap! Will you shut up. Wear your Steelers sweatshirt. What's going to happen is the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl now because they're the no, last. They're one. not. They're, they're, they're not. the kid that I always just was like, after they. Just like the, the Steelers ain't going to win this weekend. Okay, just like that. Bring your terrible tower to the podcast. Okay, pick the Steelers. We'll be Put doing it later today. Thanks for some of your time. Shut up. We got to go. Shut up. We got to go. Shut up. We got to go. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.